You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Join your hosts, Steph and Tara, every Wednesday morning as they dive into a new witchy topic. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. This is Steph. And this is Tara. And you're listening to episode 35, Witch Familiars. Yay! This should be a relatively quick podcast episode for you. Yes. And we say that a lot, but this time I mean it. (laughs) This time it's the truth. Because we, I don't think either of us have too much to say on familiars. We just wanted to introduce the topic to you and clear up kind of the misconception about it the main one being that it's your pet it's not so <laughs> that's how we're going to start this on a positive at the end of the episode no. <laughs> so if you are unfamiliar with what a familiar is yeah you like that a familiar is a shape-shifting spirit it is usually in the form of an animal who assists a witch in performing spells and rituals so familiars are found in magical traditions all over the world. Yes. And they assist only the practitioners they are bonded to. So they're not um, like the Fae who are out there available to anybody who wants to work with them and leave an offering. You really have to bond with this sort of spirit and animal in order for it to help you in your magical practice. But you may have more than one. Yes. They are often in the form of Cats, toads, owls, dogs, and mice, although any animal or insect could be a familiar, which is why those first three are the three animals that you're allowed to bring to Hogwarts with you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I mean, I had to to throw in that uh, Harry Potter trivia there for you. A lot of what is used in Harry Potter really does come from real magical practice or traditions and theories throughout the world and that happens to be one of them cats toads and owls are very common familiars but again not necessarily your cat toad or dog (laughs) yes correct so familiars have the advantage of being able to go into places where humans cannot but as animals they can so they're often dispatched on various magical errands they have a history long before the sort of witch hysteria came about in Europe because they were originally seen as a form of a guardian angel in ancient Rome they were thought to offer protection over the home familiaris in Latin means domestic or household I can confirm that's correct because it took seven years of Latin (laughs) what a time in my life (laughs) Uh, in ancient Greece they were seen as a personal spirit that guided a person's actions which is an idea that was popularized by philip pullman in the book his dark materials which if you've seen there's a movie called the golden compass and that's what materials is actually a series there's three books yes and they made it they made it into a tv series too right tara yes and the tv series is much truer to the books uh as complete offshoot i highly recommend they're very interesting and he did a lot of research into different traditions. Um, Tara's a big His Dark yeah. Materials fan. Yep. <laughs> That's why I, I am. <laughs> directed that towards her. But yes, if you've ever um, 
seen that they have this spirit that's you know attached to them what do they call them in that demons right yes they are demons but they're spelled uh d-a-e instead of the more traditional spelling um yeah right yeah. Yes, that's right. It's demons. Yes. So they uh, take various animal shapes and they're, you know, attached to you. That's major plot line in the story. So we don't want to give anything else away. But uh, that's so that's part of this idea that there was this sort of familiar spirit that kind of guided your um, actions. So a big part of both historically and in the books, but um, really your character and attitude and life choices aren't predetermined but the familiar that ends up bonding with you kind of says something about your character as well so there's that (laughs) so it has this whole you know long history but in 1604 king james introduced a witchcraft act that made working with these what he called evil spirits a capital offense so during the height of the witchcraft persecution that followed, familiars were often seen as evil, wild creatures that only carried out the evil intents of their witch because they were given to witches by the devil. Yep. And during the witch trials, these animals were also put on trial and sometimes executed, which often is why, executed. <laughs> yeah, which is why cat massacres swept through medieval Europe and they even hung a dog in Salem, which is yep. horrible. It is horrible. Like it. Um, but these actions pay back. These actions directly led to the plague because there were no cats left to hunt to get rid of the rats that were bringing the plague. So that's that's what you get for massacring cats. (laughs) You got the black plague. And it was also thought that because they were bonded to a witch that, um, by harming the animal, they lessened the magic of the witch. And there's some truth, um, and correlation there, but they would often kill the familiars before the witches in order to uh, lessen their power and make them easier to harm. Although they harmed them plenty with and without familiars. So yes, dark times. Yeah. Dark times. So familiars today are different because they are not seen as demons or given to witches by the devil or anything like that. They're merely spirits that have a special psychic attunement and are therefore helpful in spellcasting raising power, setting and clearing a space, scrying, and healing. They also visibly react to negative or evil energy, so they're very helpful to have around for protection, especially cats. Yes. They are not, however, usually pets, so they shouldn't be treated as such. Yes, they are animals who volunteer to work as familiars, and then they are drawn to a particular witch. So they are not necessarily the cat that you you know went and adopted from the shelter that's not to say that you your cat can't be you're familiar it's just very rare that your pet is i mean hawkeye god bless her she's not my familiar i love her both couldn't be my familiar if he tried that takes a lot more focus than he has yes i love my dog very much but you know she's pretty not necessarily the brightest cat in the box and she definitely would not lift her finger to help me in any of my spell work especially if it interrupted her nap time there's just no way so I was gonna say if I'm doing spell work I have to lock Bo up because he wants to investigate everything with his nose (laughs) and possibly his tongue and that does not work out well (laughs) yeah so uh, it's definitely 
unlikely to be your pet, but that doesn't, we're not saying that it can't be. So if your pet, if you have a cat that is your familiar, definitely let us know. We would love to know more about it. Yes, we would. If you are looking to attract a familiar, um, which is often send out psychic calls to find one. Meditation is a good way to do this. You just want to focus your intent on finding an animal companion and then take care to notice any animals that appear in your life unexpectedly because the animals often select you, not the other way around. You don't get to choose. Nope. um, I want an owl specifically and then look around for an owl. It can come to you in a variety of different animals. Uh, So just start to notice any that come into your life unexpectedly and unexpected is the key here because if you often see like I do cats in your backyard first think about whether or not you're putting out cans of cat food every day like I am that's probably she literally goes through tuna in a degree that's probably unhealthy for someone who doesn't actually own said cats I spend like 40 to 60 dollars a month on cat food and I don't she's not even kidding (laughs) but yes I feed these feral cats that are in the yard and I feed them every day so it's not that unexpected that they keep showing up so yeah it's highly <laughs> unlikely that those are familiars or my animal spirits because it there's a direct correlation and you have to think about that the same way as when seasons change or anything like that you might notice like a certain animal coming around more but you have to think about what's changed has the weather changed is it kind of a common animal for the area did you leave out some food or water or something that's so get rid of all of those mundane things that could be attracting a particular sort of animal or insect to you and then see if that's that's really this animal coming to you in a more unexpected manner so a familiar if you do put out the energy out there and find one um, can be worked with in a variety of ways they provide protection Uh, they're great at sensing sort of negative energy around and like we talked about in the other spirit episode where we talked about you know guardian spirits who will bounce negative energy away from you that you don't even know about familiars can act in the same way providing similar protection you can also send them out and see things through their eyes that's a common meditative practice that some witches undertake a sort of deeper trance-like state where Mm -hmm. they can send out their familiar and see what they are seeing. I can't do that. (laughs) And they also provide an energy boost. Like we've said before, everything has energy and we've talked about grounding and how you can pull up energy from the earth. Using the energy of a familiar is another way to sort of get an energy boost when you are doing your spell work. That's another way that they kind of work with you. And we talked about spirit guides and how they can be animals. The biggest difference um, to me between a spirit familiar and a spirit guide is a guide is actually going to nudge you um, onto a certain path or a certain direction and they'll assist you, but it's your own energy you're using. It's your own um, initiative. It's your own focus. Those kind of try and nudge you the way that you should be going. Whereas a familiar, it's like a really good friend. They're all in all the time. They're going to help you do whatever it is, good or bad decisions. It's really, they're not going to try and guide you on a certain path. And then they're going to give you that energy boost. So whatever you're working on, even if it's not something you should be working on, a guide will be like, yeah, that's not the best idea. And a familiar is like, yay, let's do this. So (laughs) 
something to that keep is... in mind. They're very similar, but they have very different functions. <laughs> yes, very true. And an animal spirit guide often presents in a lot of different ways, even if it's the same animal over and over again, like mine is the raccoon. It can present, it's not just a physical raccoon yeah it it comes up in you know dreams or meditations or on television or something like that whereas a familiar is going to be the same orange tabby cat showing up every single day it's a physical cat (laughs) uh with that said i do not have a familiar i do not either i i want one (laughs) i had one years ago um and he was a cat and he was very, very helpful when I first start, first started. He would come whenever I cast a circle and lay in the circle with me. Um, but he passed away. So, and I have not had another one since. Yes. And a lot of times if, you know, you do have an animal like that and they pass away, they may come back to you in a different form. Correct. So it wouldn't be the same cat coming back, but maybe that spirit would come back in you know a toad or something like that to work with Tara again but not necessarily they could just be gone from this plane you never know yeah and my back practice and my path is much different now than when I first started so to me it might be unusual to have the same familiar come back just because I'm on a much different path and practice than when I first started out so he was perfect for the time and place, but he may not be perfect for today's time and place. Right. I do not have one. I've never had one. I have never put out the psychic energy and work needed to attract one to me. It is a lot of work to both build that bond and find the perfect animal. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there, which is why I haven't sought another one because it does take a lot of effort and building and like I said yeah I I just haven't done that yet if I I I might we'll we'll see uh I haven't had any sort of particular workings where I would think a familiar would be generally helpful I haven't needed them to go out and you know see the world through their eyes or send them into any spaces or any magical errands that I you know couldn't do myself so I haven't had a particular need for a familiar, but it might be nice just to have a little companion. I, when I first got started, it was very, very helpful to me just almost as like a frame of mind because I knew when my familiar showed up, it was time to do the working. Like I might be thinking about a spell and not sure on when to do it, but when he showed up, I knew that was the right time to start working on my spell. Um, But like I said, I was on a very different, I was in a very different place when I first started, not only learning, but like searching different paths and seeing what worked for me and what didn't. So he was very, very helpful in helping me decide on what worked for me and what didn't. And so I haven't needed one in recent years, which is why I haven't put in the effort to get another one. Plus it's hard when they go away. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's, the same as when a pet dies it's emotionally traumatic it was yes so you know not not a lot of witches want to go through that so i'm still i'm still thinking about it i haven't done any 
particular workings that enough and often enough that I think it would be helpful. So I think a familiar would be very helpful, especially in, in baneful. If you do a lot of baneful magic and we talked about the hexing and jinxing and things, if you Mm -hmm. do that relatively often, it's good to have a familiar as protection. Yes. But also to, to send him on a magical errand to check on, you know, the person that you're hexing or some, you know, something like that. Um, But I, I don't do those kind of working workings often enough. I also think that they are particularly helpful for hedge riding if you're a hedge witch but I don't spend a lot of time astral projecting or going into the spirit realm riding that that hedge like we've talked about is not really within my witchcraft practice so I don't I I think a familiar would be very helpful in that instance because it's sort of a connection between both the physical realm since it is you know a physical animal but it's also this you know sort of spiritual being so it's you know half in half out in in between the physical realm and the spiritual realm so it can help which is that hedge ride which i think is why they were so commonly associated with witches in medieval europe because that was kind of um, a bigger part of witchcraft i don't know that it is anymore i don't i personally don't know anyone that practices that day to day even week to week or month to month possibly on certain sabbaths but i just don't know anyone that that's an integral part of their practice and there's nothing wrong if it is part of your practice but i just personally don't know anyone that needs feels the need to do that all that often i agree if that makes sense (laughs) like Yes, I, I agree. And I think that would be a p- particularly uh, helpful area for a familiar. But again, since Tara and I don't do that, it's just not something that I have in my life right now. But maybe if my witchcraft practice changed a little bit, I might find some ways that a familiar would be more helpful and then put the work into finding one. But at the moment, we're just, we're, I'm gliding along without one. <laughs> yeah. And you don't need one. Um as you said a few episodes ago, a lot of these that we're getting into are our personal beliefs and how our personal practice are affected by certain things. So witch familiars are very common. I know a lot of witches that have them and they use them in a huge variety of things. And the ones that have them love them, but the ones that don't have them tend to get along fine without. So it's really just a matter of what you're comfortable with. And like I mentioned, when I first got started, it just really helped me get into the mindset um, because I knew when my familiar was there, it was time to do something, Um, whether it was cast a circle or raise power or just do some spell work. It was always kind of like almost a trigger, like, Hey, get on this. Um, But I no longer need that because I'm familiar enough with my own practice and I've been practicing long enough that, I can kind of flip a switch in my brain by myself now. <laughs> right. um, but I know the people that have familiars love them. I have uh, one friend, her familiar, It she does a house cleansing probably once a week, if not once every couple weeks. And her familiar just helps her banish anything negative in the house. She has kids that are getting in the teenage years, so there's lots of energy flying around. So <laughs> she finds that. Her familiar really helps her put in the work and, but it took her probably a year uh, to find this familiar that helped her get 
into this groove. So it does take effort. It does indeed. But if you have one, we would love to hear about it. So be sure yes, to we would. leave us a comment or tag us on Instagram if you've got a photo. We would love to know what kind of animal you are working with. And how you work animals with them. in general. Yes. <laughs> so we want to see. To be fair, if you have any photos, we're never going to say no to photos of familiars, pets, life. We like photos. <laughs> yes, we do. And we don't, we don't care if it's just your, your cute fluffy cat who is in no way you're familiar. We would like to see him anyway. Completely tag us. We're in. <laughs> Even a toad. I, if you have a pet owl, especially, I would really like to see your pet owl. Yeah, me too. For sure. Mm-hmm. That is all we have for you this week on Familiars. We will see you next week for episode 36, which is going to be all about how to create a spell. Yay! Get into the nitty gritty. (laughs) We will see you then. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Insta. Thanks for listening to Witch Wednesdays with Steph and Tara. Love our content? Consider donating at anchor.fm slash witch-wednesdays to help keep our podcast up and running. Please leave us a voicemail on that same site if you have any questions or comments, and follow us on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast.